Welcome to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast, a deep dive into biblical leadership with pastor and author, Dr. Gerald Brooks. Hi, this is Gerald Brooks. Thank you so much for joining me for today's podcast. In just a minute, I'm going to talk to you about crisis, that it is the new normal. Crisis is the new normal. A couple of things. One, on November 8th, I will be in New Braunfels, Texas, and I will be doing personal growth for leaders. So if you want to learn how to make decisions and get them right, you need to sign up and be a part of this. If you want to learn how to manage life when it just gets to be too much, you need to sign up and be a part of this. And so you can go to GeraldBrooksMinistries.com and sign up for the new Bronzeville's Roundtable. It is personal growth skills. Also, I'm so excited. We just concluded our North Texas Leadership Conference. It was the biggest crowd we've ever had. The signups for next year are massive already. And I just want those of you that weren't there to have an opportunity, and that is to hear what we shared. Those lessons were golden. The first couple of lessons were just outstanding. The lesson on lessons I'm learning about church, I'm telling you, it spoke to people. The response has been amazing. If you want to hear these, you can go to GeraldBrooksMinistries.com and you can go to the audio and there is a place that you can download them. So I want to encourage you, listen to these. Sign up for New Braunfels, listen to the NTLC if you haven't heard them. Today, I want to talk to you about crisis is the new normal. I keep waiting for the day that crisis doesn't happen, and I haven't found that day. It seems like the last three years, there's always something new. There's something new in the world. There's something new in society. There's something new in church. There's just always something new. And after you wait so long to see a day without crisis, you just have to realize that crisis is the new normal. That if you're going to lead, you're going to lead in an environment of crisis. That being said, I want to walk you through some of the keys to being able to navigate and lead in crisis. So let me start with this. Confusion is the emotion of crisis. Confusion is the emotion of crisis. See, Every crisis creates emotion, but the emotions tend to always bring you back to the same place. Whatever the emotions are, whether they're on one end or the other, they tend to bring you back to a place of confusion. That's what crisis does. It feeds the emotion of confusion. It's just that, wow, what do we do moment. And that emotion just feeds itself. So let's talk about the confusion, the emotion of crisis. If you're going to lead, you're going to have to regulate your emotional thermostat. You are going to have to regulate your emotional thermostat. 
So if you're going to regulate your emotional thermostat, we all know what a thermostat is. It is the device that is on the wall that begins to tell the heating and the cooling unit exactly what temperature you like and that you need the room in. So if you're going to regulate your emotional thermostat, then you have to understand that you cannot let other people play with your thermostat. Don't let other people play with your thermostat. Now, that's important because when confusion of crisis hits, there's always someone who wants to go up to the thermostat and says, we need to be here or we need to be here. So let me make it plain. There are people who will get under your skin if you let them. Man, they just rub you the wrong way. They just cause you to be constantly irritated. And they get you all worked up. Do not let anybody set your thermostat but you. You have to determine what you want your thermostat to be. You have to make sure that you fix that and you don't let anything get you all hot and worked up or all cold and begin to just go into a freeze motion. So don't let others play. Now, another thing about emotions is emotions can't drive your convictions. Emotions can't drive your convictions. See, if you let emotions determine your conviction, they will drive you to regret. They will just drive you to regret. You'll do something that you'll look back and say, man, why did I do that? I shouldn't have done that. Well, here's the thing. Emotions can't drive your conviction. They will drive you to regret or they will drive you crazy. They will just drive you mentally crazy. And so what that leads us to is this. In the middle of crisis, calm is critical. I don't know how many podcasts that we've said this in, but calm is contagious. If you're going to lead, you've got to lead with calm. You've got to make sure you've regulated your thermostat. You don't let someone else play with your thermostat. You don't push your thermostat to some extreme on one end or the other. So calm is critical. But how do I make sure that I am calm? Well, a part of that is voices which steady you are needed. Who are the voices in your life that just keep you steady? That keep you from running off and and just doing stupid? Who are those voices? Who are those voices that when you hear them, you just think, it's going to be all right. We're going to make it. We're going to get through this. Voices which steady you are needed. Whatever those voices are. I tell the story that when I started in my leadership journey as a minister, I blew it. So I knew that I needed voices. So I found three individuals that began to be contributors to my life. 
Now, I didn't know these individuals personally, but I began to become absorbed with their thought and how they operated, listening to all their material, reading all their books. And whenever crisis would come, I would always go back to their voice. When my voice was uncertain, I would listen to their voices. And I think another thing that's important about calm is critical is the songs which focus you. For me, our God is an awesome God. You deserve all the glory. They're just songs that calm me. They still my heart. They refocus me on God. And you need to figure out the songs that calm you. As I like to put it, if you don't have a song, you'll end up singing the blues. And you don't want to sing the blues if you're a leader. So when it comes to crisis, confusion is the emotion of crisis. So you're going to have to regulate your thermostat. The next thing conflict, the uncertainty of crisis. See, when you're in crisis, the reason it's a crisis is you usually haven't been there before. And so there's a whole lot of conflict and uncertainty. And it's just, what should I do? And when should I do it? You must be flexible. You have to be able to adjust quickly. You just have to be able to adjust quickly. You have to be able to be flexible. See, the inflexible or the unflexible, they are the ones that break apart during crisis. But the person who is flexible, they are able to adjust. And so what crisis usually means is you have to develop the ability to do more than one thing. You have to be able to do more than one thing. So what that means for me is that I have to handle the crisis. Yes, this is the crisis, but I still have to be the pastor. See, if I let crisis absorb me, then what I've done is I've multiplied the crisis. So I have to have the ability and the flexibility to do more than one thing. I have to be able to handle the crisis that's going on while still managing the job that I have. I need you to get that. I have to be able to handle the crisis that's going on, but have the flexibility to manage the job that I still have. So what I can tell you about crisis is this. You are going to have to find your voice. And you're going to have to identify what your voice is in crisis. Because remember how I said you have to have other voices that steady you in crisis? You have to remember that you are the voice that steadies others in crisis. So find your voice. Well, what do we mean when we say find your voice? Well, first of all, unwavering values. What are the values that you possess that you do not change from? They're unwavering. They are the values that define 
you. This is who I am. No crisis, event, circumstance, or individual will change the value that you possess. Unwavering values. You also, if you're going to find your voice, you're going to have to have some clear thoughts. And clear thoughts are the things that just regulate your mind. Paul put it this way in Philippians 4. He said, think on these things. In Isaiah, it says, your mind needs to be stayed on Christ. You've got to be focused So what are the things that give you clarity of mind? That in the middle of all the fog, they cut through it. So you have to have unwavering values. This is just who I am. There's no event, circumstance, or individual that changes it. You have to have clear thoughts. This is how I think. This is the thought pattern that I've disciplined myself to possess. And then you have to have a strategic plan. And that is you have to be able to look at the crisis and say, this is what we're going to do next. Now, there isn't any leader in the middle of crisis who has the totality of the information that they want. Your job isn't necessarily to determine the conclusion. Your job is to determine the next step. This is what we're going to do next. See, it's like turning on the lights to a car. When I'm in the parking lot of where I work, I can turn on the lights, but that doesn't show me my house. What it does show me is the next few hundred feet that I need to see at nighttime to get to my house. And some people freeze in crisis because they want to see everything. What you're probably going to see is the next few steps. And you take those next few steps and say, this is what we're going to do. Then you take the next few steps. This is what we're going to do from here. And then eventually it leads you out of the crisis. The way the lights on my car, the more my car moves, it eventually will highlight my home over a period of time. So unwavering values, clear thoughts, a strategic plan, surround sound. You need to build in to your life the sound that you need to hear. See, when I get in crisis, there's a couple of things I want to do. I want to identify the voices I need to hear the most. And that voice, of course, is God. Elijah tells us the story of the great fire, the little earthquake. But God wasn't speaking in all the noise. It was the still, small voice. No matter what the sound is that surrounds you, you have to tune in to that voice that guides you. No matter what the sound is that surrounds you, you've got to tune in to the voice that guides you. Another thing is, in crisis, talk less, but be clear in what you say. When crisis is going on, 
you have to be able to be clear. So let me illustrate it. I walk into a room where a young man has just lost his three kids and his wife in a car accident. People say, what do you say during that moment? Well, one thing is you don't talk to everyone. You talk to the person who is in the greatest need in life. So I did what Jesus did, where he took an individual out of their house. In one case, he took them out of the city. What does that mean? You have to take them beyond the noise of today, and you have to take them beyond the culture that may be they're in. And I remember taking him out and I remember looking at him and I said, I need 24 hours. Promise me you'll give me 24 hours, just 24 hours, that for 24 hours, you will not do anything other than just listen to me. Give me 24 hours. I looked him in the eye. He knew exactly what I was asking. I was asking for 24 hours. I didn't ask him for a week. I didn't ask him for a month. I didn't ask him for a year. Why? That's too much. When you're going through a trauma in life, I asked him for 24 hours. I didn't over talk. I just was clear. Give me 24 hours and let me see what God wants to do next. You've got to find your voice, the unwavering values, the clear thoughts, the strategic ideas, the surround sound, and just talking less but being clear. That brings us to the next piece of crisis, the continuum, the nature of crisis. The continuum just means this, Within crisis, crisis is continual. It's continual. So let me sort of take you to the ocean and let's illustrate it this way. In the ocean, there are times when there's very large waves. Somehow a storm and the current have collided together to be able to produce massive waves, waves that are 60, 80, 100 feet. Man, they're large waves. Sometimes that's how crisis comes. It comes as a large wave. It just seems so big that no one can survive the force of it is that wave is coming in. And crisis When it's a large wave, the most important thing you can do as a leader is be present. Just be present. Because you can't change the size of the wave, but your presence changes the atmosphere of the problem. And so throughout the Bible, you just see someone being present. Nehemiah was present. Gideon was present. David was present. See, when you're present, it just means people start looking to you rather than to the magnitude of the wave that's coming. 
And so with large waves, you create presence. But then there are rogue waves. And rogue waves are interesting because they come out of nowhere. People don't know why a rogue wave comes. Everything can be pristine. Everything can be calm. Then all of a sudden, this rogue wave comes out of nowhere. In flight, it would be clear air turbulence. There's no reason for there to be turbulence, but the clear air hits it. Clear air turbulence. The rogue wave. And when rogue wave comes, the way you lead is you prepare for the unprecedented. You prepare for the unprecedented. You prepare for what no one expected. You just prepare. I call this creating a culture of crisis. My team does well in crisis. The reason being is that we prepare for the unprecedented. The unknown and the unprecedented. Someone says, well, how do you prepare for the unknown and the unprecedented? The way David did. It was the lion. It was the bear. He didn't know he was going to face the unprecedented giant that was some 11 feet tall. But what goes on is the fact when you prepare for the things that there's a precedent for, It prepares you to handle the unprecedented. So crisis comes in wave, large waves, be present. Rogue waves, prepare for the unprecedented. Repeated waves, just one wave after another. When will this ever stop? When will this ever quit? When will this ever stop? When will this? Repeated waves. In repeated waves, you teach. You just teach people how to handle and manage life when life is unrelenting, when life just keeps coming at you. But here's the thing. When crisis comes in waves, you're going to have to make waves. And making waves means this. You're going to talk straight, you're going to pray often, and you're going to believe hard. You're going to talk straight, You're going to pray often, and you're going to believe hard. Crisis is the new normal. And when crisis comes, there's confusion. It's the emotion of the crisis. So regulate your thermostat. Conflict, the uncertainty of crisis. You're going to have to be flexible. You're going to have to learn the ability to adjust. You're going to have to find your voice for critical moments. And then continuum, the nature of crisis, that when crisis happens, it's continual. You're going to have to judge the waves, and you're going to have to learn to make waves. I hope this helps you. I hope it gives you some insight, a baseline on how to think when it comes to crisis being normal. I want to remind you November 8th, if you want personal growth skills, come to New Braunfels. 
Another thing, if you weren't here at NTLC and you didn't hear the lessons I taught, they're gold. On both of these, you can go to GeraldBrooksMinistries.com. You can begin to sign up for New Bronzeville's, and then you can turn around, and you can begin to download the messages from the North Texas Leadership Conference. I love you so much. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for listening to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast. If you'd like more information on Dr. Brooks's books, audio, or speaking engagements, please go to GeraldBrooksMinistries.com.